the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 2022 is feeling like it's the obvious transition to an inflation-guided market versus a low-cost-of-money-guided market. Whatever term you want to use, it feels like it's obviously happening. And maybe it even feels obvious because it's January, a time when we should be saying, should I be going to the gym? Should I be losing this weight? And we're shedding the weight of companies that are, aren't losing. We're shedding the weight of companies that are losing money that aren't making money. That will probably be the biggest shakeout, in my opinion. Companies that are making money will see lower valuations. Companies that have good visibility will see some premium valuations given. Companies that benefit from higher interest rates, you get the whole idea. It's just a slightly different forecast. It's like going from winter to spring, or maybe winter to summer and skipping the spring. It's We're in it. It's short, short weathers now. Let's try to be comfortable. Lots going on. Justin Bieber just bought an NFT for $1.2 million. He bought the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT. One of the traders on Wall Street that I respect, and by traders, I mean someone who probably isn't in any one position for more than three months. She said something recently that caught my attention. She goes, I don't know. Some of these NFTs, I think we're going to look back on and say, we paid that for this. I am not passing judgment. And that won't get me anywhere in life. Um, <clears throat> just trying to pick up the pieces and help everyone understand where we are. Yesterday was a winner, winner chicken dinner on Wall Street. Everything that I followed kind of was green. Bitcoin, 10-year treasury, Dow Jones Industrial Average, SP 500, the NASDAQ. After an especially dry January, the stocks have mounted their biggest three-day rally, leading to a four-day rally today. Thank you to Google. We'll talk about that as the show unfolds. Tech stocks are boosted today. Huge earnings beat, soared in after hours. Now it's a 24-one stock split that looks like it's trying to make its way onto the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I see what they're doing. And they're taking a page out of the Apple and out of the Tesla strategy book and trying to become a little bit more grown up and a little bit more collected versus traded as a stock. COVID news. In a moment, many parents of young kids have been waiting for Pfizer asked the FDA to authorize its two-dose COVID shot for children under five. Those 19 million 
little children represent the only age group that isn't currently eligible for any sort of COVID vaccine protection. And again, I'm happy that that's coming. There's nothing worse in the world than losing a child and losing a child to a disease, a germ that you cannot see. One nasal molecule. No, thank you. Interesting yesterday, Brian Flores, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, sued the NFL and each of its 32 teams alleging racial discrimination in their hiring practices for black coaches. Bill Belichick made an egregious error of sitting out a congratulation text to the wrong Brian three days before the decision was made. Belichick sent a text out congratulating the wrong Brian who got the job, who happens to be Caucasian, to the non-Caucasian Brian Flores, who's suing the NFL, saying this was already predetermined. Interesting how billionaires act, right? Uh, The NFL, the NBA, they're just fascinating to watch these big, rich owners, typically fairly Caucasian, and how they continue to bungle hiring practices. The NBA had a situation where they could have hired a female head coach. And I get it. This group of men, I get the whole, can she really control a group of men? And she's a woman. And I said, I, I want to hear her story. I want to hear was her daddy a basketball coach. She grew up with basketball. Does she know basketball better than basketball coaches know basketball? And the NBA passed on her and she went to the WNBA to coach. And I'm like, ah, oh, we missed a chance to find a good story. Exxon Mobil. From listening to financial media yesterday and doing a little bit of research, I've given a big webinar update today. So I'm just digging deep into what should work in 2022. What could be an outperformer in 2022 that in 2023 we look at and we go, oh, I wish I would have believed. And it's energy. It's dirty, gross, slimy oil. It's we're going to kill the world. We're going to climate change the seals. Those polar bears better find a way to stand on an iceberg a little bit better. Oil. Fueled by soaring energy prices, ExxonMobil reported annual profits of $23 billion last year. That's their largest total since 2014. Exxon's 2021 gain is a full 180 from its 2020 performance. And with inflation out there, with pent-up demand... We should see oil and energy continue to have a good 2022, and that is not a flash in the pan kind of thing. It tends to play out over two to three years. Now, again, if Biden or France, Macron, come out and say uh, oil causes cancer, we're going to ban it forever, the story could change. But right now, it's unloved. It's underappreciated, it's underowned, and it's showing the fattest profits year over year of any industry. It should have a good 2022. Because Holderberg rise of stocks ever mentioned on the show. I think that makes sense. A team who went viral for tracking Elon Musk jet got a job offer out of the saga, not from Elon Musk. The website or the Twitter handle basically followed Elon Musk's jet around the country and told everyone, hey, I'm in Cancun. Hey, I'm Elon Musk's jet, and I'm now in Santa Barbara. 
at Elon Jet. It's a cute Twitter account. And this got a guy a job. Elon Musk offered them $5,000 to turn it off. And he said, no, I want 50,000. It's a lot of work and a lot of satisfaction for me. No response from Musk. Someone came in and swooped him up because he's got an original mind on coming up with Twitter handles and being able to program around that. I like that. New York City was the United States crypto capital in 2021. It attracted $6.5 billion in crypto startup funding last year, outstripping both Silicon Valley and Miami. Peloton cut its 2022 forecast for its apparel unit. A new structured Amazon Web Services is coming. The cloud giant's customer-facing businesses are being combined under a new vice president. A little, bit of a, a little bit of a hiccup going on with Amazon Web Services compared to Google and compared with Microsoft. Spotify scientists, Spotify science podcast will drop its regular show to focus on countering misinformation. It's interesting that now Spotify, they have to decide, are they a platform? Are they agnostic? Are they an advertiser? Are they content driven? Are they neutral like Switzerland? They're running into the same problems that Facebook ran into five years ago. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thank you for listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. This is just one tool that I use to help you create wealth. My website, robblackshow.com, is loaded with useful resources like planning for retirement and how to choose a financial advisor, financial strategy videos with certified financial advisors, and much, much more. You can contact me, and I will put you in touch with a certified financial planner. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. There is going to be incredible buying opportunities anytime there's a correction. Good stocks get thrown out with the baby in the bathwater. And we're left looking for something out of nothing. And yet at the same time, there's this tone of, I don't know if I should really pick this stock up or not. I get it. I get fear and greed. I've been following PayPal and Square for years, wanting to figure out, do I want to get into these guys or not? Do I need it? My portfolio is at a point where I don't really need performance like I did in my 20s and 30s and 40s or you know that I craved. Now it's more about, I just want to have a good day. I want to keep up with the markets. Things along those lines start going through my head. So maybe I should quit. Maybe I should retire. Maybe I'm the, the gunslinger is afraid to pull the trigger. PayPal had a horrendous quarter and they blamed inflation. Now, if you're in the business of sexy, you can't blame inflation. If you're in the business of growth, you can't blame inflation. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. So PayPal, I would say a bit of a flop, down 25%. Now, yeah, there's some truth that some of their issues, they will work out. They missed earnings by a penny on inline revenue and guided down for the first quarter and for fiscal 2021 with new user guidance forecasted. Hyper-competitive space, they said, with Apple Pay, Google Pay, Shop Pay, BNLP Pay, Zelle, Cash App. They're all coming after PayPal, including Venmo. My personal is, 
I use Apple Pay when possible at stores or even online. I feel it's more secure than taking out my card. I'm fine with PayPal, but to me, I grew up on PayPal with eBay. Um, So PayPal doesn't necessarily click in my head as this is my go-to option at Home Depot, even though I could do it. I'd rather use my credit card in my wallet that's giving me 2%, but I could use Apple Pay, use my phone, and never have to pull out that Apple, that Citibank card with 2% transactions. It never dawns on me to use PayPal anywhere, anywhere at this point in time, unless a professional drops me uh, an invoice. It says, hey, can you pay me in PayPal? Pool cleaner, hey, can you pay me in Venmo? Hey, can you pay me in Zelle? Otherwise, my number one option is always Apple Pay. Now, in my heart of hearts, I want to like PayPal. I like the idea of buying a dip on a stock that I've been following for a while, down 50%. But I'll tell you, here in that conference call, they got some roaches that they got to fix. Instead of getting it down 50%, I may get it down 30% from its all-time high if they fix the issues. But if not, uh-uh, stand on sidelines. Starbucks had a fascinating quarter. I'll tell you why Starbucks had a fascinating quarter, because we learned a lot. Starbucks, another kind of name that you want to own, kind of a cachet kind of, uh, I wish I owned that company. I wish, you know, I could sell a cup of, of water on beans for $5. But Starbucks says Omicron hit ingredients and staffing levels much harder than expected. As Starbucks go, does the United States go? I think on some levels a little bit, yeah. On some corporate levels, for sure. If we ever go back to work, Starbucks is going to be dominant again. Because we like taking coffee breaks at work. Sometimes we call the, that flirting. Sometimes we call it the mental break. Sometimes it's venting about the boss. I don't know. We just like taking coffee breaks, right? And I've met people who swear by Starbucks at such a pace that you would think they're selling a legal drug. I need, I need, I need. Um, Starbucks booming first quarter revenues don't fully reflect the impact of Omicron saying next quarter looks a little bit on the bumpy side as well. Executives said that the coronavirus variant had a huge impact on the company, forcing up costs and causing more staff to call in sick. Creating a scenario where people don't have a good experience waiting in line prior to the emergence of Omicron, they were experiencing some inflationary pressures and staffing issues. Higher than anticipated expenditures, driving up costs of supplies and causing the chain to spend more on COVID-19 sick pay for the staff. Don't forget, this was the quarter that Starbucks unionized. Is it the same company that it was three months ago? Nope. Slightly different. Same company as it was five years ago? Nope. Radically different. More staff is getting sick. A surge in the number of coronavirus cases among staff. The United States did something slightly in the favor of companies like Starbucks. And hey, if you get COVID, now you have to quarantine for five days instead of 10. CEO of Starbucks said that led to significantly higher COVID-related benefits paid than expected. Doing the right thing by retaining staff. Some people think that's genius right now because the job opening in the United States are high. And yet companies are finding it tough to fill enough service jobs to stay open 24, 7, or 365, or seven days a week, or whatever their business model called for. 
Omicron ruined our lives back in November, the day after Thanksgiving, I believe was the day. And we're still paying for it of getting together at Thanksgiving and getting together at Christmas. And by March, it should start really, really clearing up. And we're fingers crossed, hoping the next variant is more flu-like than Delta-like. SpaceX has rolled out a premium Starlink satellite internet tier at $500 a month. I love Tesla. I love Elon Musk. He's just a, what he touches turns to gold. He is the King Midas of our day and age. He is the Steve Jobs mates King Midas. Starlink Premium can have users expect download speeds of 150 megabits per second to 500 megabits per second. Latencies, speeds between 20 milliseconds and 40 seconds. Not your most blazing fast internet, but pretty damn good for rural parts of the country. If you're a boat, if you're one of those zip lines that sets up in the middle of the jungle, you are stoked to see this service come out. And I couldn't come up with a better example than a zip line that sets up in the middle of the jungle. Sorry. My ingenuity is, is lacking, to say the least. <clears throat> but I'm good with it. General Motors had an interesting conference call yesterday. They said cruise commercialization is taking another step forward. CEO Mary Barra took a ride in a self-driving cruise. I was using Tesla's self-driving mode yesterday. and It's getting better. It's getting smoother. It's getting less, I don't want to say the word jerky, but very, very tight and a little bit more enjoyable. I go to speed limit because I think it's meant more for pleasure for me than it is meant for me accidentally falling asleep and it saved my life. Cadillac Lyric EV electric vehicle deliveries begin in 60 days. General Motors said that they've got more than 110,000 Silverado EVs are reserved. The company set a target to deliver 400,000 EVs in North America. Tesla, you are on watch. The company is making premium plans for a fourth EV battery plant. Unlike Ford, GE is investing a lot in the batteries. Not going to raise their dividend at this point in time. That disappoints some people, but it's the right thing to do if you're trying to focus on growth. Google had its best quarter ever for the iPhone Pixel sales. Cloud revenue is up 45% year over year. Backlog up 70%. Services up 31%. Search was up 36%. The top two categories in search at Google, hobbies, and then leisure. That's what we want to do right here, right now. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. One of the things I like to do is go to briefing.com. <clears throat> At one o'clock Western time, Pacific time, when earnings season is in full swing for those three weeks, and just seeing what, what breaks and what's being reported and what comps are important to the analyst at briefing.com. It takes me about an hour and a half to go through them. Then the next morning I wake up and, and go through the live and plays. But in between, I talk and I look at Patrick O'Hare's page one to see how he recapsulates all the breaking news into kind of a bigger idea on a theme for the day. Mr. O'Hare, how are things at briefing.com? Well, good morning, Rob. They are, as you described, uh, plenty but plenty busy right now. <laughs> have a lot of earnings news, obviously, to get through each day here. And uh, the fourth quarter earnings reporting period is always the longest one because you get the fiscal year-end numbers as well. Uh, and so we'll be, uh, we'll be busy at work here on the earnings reporting front uh, throughout the entire month of February. I was doing some work yesterday preparing for a first quarter uh, quarterly update and 
one of the things that hit me was that earnings doesn't seem to be inspiring the stock market or rallying it at this point in time. Maybe it's holding, but sideways is not up or down in my world. Um, what do you think about earnings season so far? Because yesterday we got some big ones and they actually seem to be moving the markets today. Yeah, I think the uh, you're getting some mixed messages out of okay. uh, this reporting period. Um, you know, you clearly, I think, are starting to see, uh, uh, um, you know, some companies faring better than others at this point. It seemed like as we rolled through 2021, it was just like everyone seemed to be doing better. Obviously, they had, uh, you know, we had much easier comparisons throughout the bulk of 2021. But, uh, you know, now, though, you can really kind of sort of, separate the haves between the have-nots, or it appears that way. When you look at reports like the ones we got out of Apple last week, uh, the ones we got last night from Alphabet and Advanced Micro Devices, right? And so those companies, uh, not only, you know, they're, they're doing exactly what you need to do in terms of an earnings reporting period, which is to not only beat uh, expectations and beat high expectations, but then also follow through with reassuring guidance, and in some cases, guidance that was even better than expected. And so you see a, a corresponding reaction there that matches that good news, whereas you get some news out of uh, like we got from PayPal last night, which was uh, wholly disappointing for this former high growth stock flyer, uh, and that stock's just getting clobbered. Um, it was down over 20% today the last time I checked. Uh, so you cannot uh, disappoint on a fundamental basis here, uh, given the changing interest rate environment and clearly the uh, shifting um, uh, sentiment uh, that we've seen in early 2022. It's just this market's going to get more discriminating here as the year goes on because interest rates should be going up as the year goes on. And it's not going to be that um, necessarily the all boats rise with the tide type of momentum that we saw uh, exist in 2021. It's going to be, you know, more uh, company specific, we think. Uh, and, you know, as we look at some of those mega caps like Apple and Alphabet, they have the weight that can kind of make things look okay at the index level. But, um, but there's really going to be a lot of movement, we think, below the index level. Uh, as the market gets more discriminating between who's doing well and who is starting to struggle to maintain sales momentum and uh, dealing with these elevated cost pressures. I, I'm struggling to find the next question because I, I don't know if I want to throw this out there, but there's been a lot of chatter on Bloomberg and CNBC from some billionaires who make you know, once a year appearance in front of financial media saying, this is going to be a bear market of all bear markets. Prepare for the bear market. The market's getting ready to go down. Hey, I just saw a sign. The market says bear market ahead in one mile. Are you buying into the negativity? Is, is the negativity good? Is the negativity foreshadowing in a bad way? Um, any thoughts on some of the chatter? Because I'm just seeing it. and I could be seeing what I don't want to see. I could be psyching myself out if that makes sense. <laughs> um. Well, you know, we certainly had a very disruptive start to the year. And, uh, you know, there really, I mean, I guess if you, you know, there wasn't really a lot different between what the market was, you know, looking at on December 31st and what it was looking at on January 4th. Right. And yet everything shifted on a dime, you know. And as we talked a little bit about last week, you know, the way that 2021 closed was a bit ridiculous, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of the speculative fever and the rush of buying interest that you saw kick in there. And I think that that just invited a, 
you know, a retracement effort. And, you know, then when you layer it on top of that, the, the, the Fed narrative is changing and it becoming clear that not only uh, some of the Fed presidents, but also Fed Chair Powell is now espousing a more hawkish mindset that kind of just then just fed on itself in terms of the negativity. So, um, you know, the bear market uh, usually coincides with some type of, you know, like a recession, right? And um, and it's difficult to ascertain at this point whether the economy is going to fall into a recession, but the uh, the concern on the market's mind or in the back of the market's mind is that a Fed that's intent on taming inflation now could get, you know, quite aggressive there and uh, really have an impact on a negative impact on growth that could translate into negative GDP growth. Um, you know, we're seeing forecasts now for the first quarter GDP to be, you know, basically unchanged or just up a little bit. Now, that's going to be written off primarily as a function of the slowdown related to um, the Omicron variant, as well as the uh, the lack of uh, you know inventory change uh, that has been a big component in terms of the uh, the growth we've seen in recent quarters. So, uh, so what I'm suggesting is there's kind of some smoke signals there that make it difficult to really get a clear picture on whether that's the true read on what's going to happen in 2022 economically speaking. Might have to wait a little bit longer than that, but um, we think though that this market should have a more cautious-minded uh, outlook as it relates to the 2022 outlook because we are getting the, the changing interest rate environment here. And you have a lot of stocks or had a lot of stocks anyway that were trading at some outlandish valuations. And, you know, in our estimation, you know, those stocks that were trading at egregious multiples of sales are the ones that are going to be struggling the most to kind of uh, work their way through 2022 and, and getting – kind of tying things back to what I just said a moment ago. This is going to be a more discriminating market. You're going to see um, some pretty, probably some pretty serious bouts of volatility as the year goes on. Um, but, you know, fundamentally right now, you still have earnings growth in the mix. You still have interest rates that are low. Uh, there's this hope that inflation pressures will moderate. And if that all kind of gels and stays that way, uh, then you should be able to avoid a bear market on a fundamental basis. But there's just no telling, obviously, when emotions run high and you get emotionally driven selling activity, you can quickly fall into a bear market, um, as we saw happen with the Russell 2000 uh, not that long ago. It's interesting times. I think I heard you say it's going to be a stock pickers market, which means we could have some winners and losers to talk about on a regular basis. But overall, the between two rate hikes and seven rate hikes is the analysis that I'm hearing out there. A lot can happen to the indices in between. Um, jobs market seems to be okay. I don't think we need to hit on that. Um, inflation seems to be something the Fed's going to be fighting for the rest of the year. So I think we've hit on that pretty good. Uh, earnings are a mixed bag tied towards COVID and winter weather this year. Um, is there anything I'm missing that we should be focusing in on? Well, you know, there's a lot of discussion, I think, here, um, you know, as it relates to the multiple compression we've seen during uh, during the sell-off, right? So you've had a, the S&P 500 forward 12-month P-E ratio uh, pull back down to about, you know, a little over 19 times uh, forward estimates. And um, not it's still a premium to both the five-year and 10-year average, not as extreme as it was, uh, you know, in December, uh, and some people are pointing to that as, you know, okay, hey, we, you know, we're at a point now. We've seen the multiple contract. Things are more attractively priced here, um, and it's safe to get back in. 
Um, you know, some of the things, one thing one has to remember, though, is it's obviously predicated on forward estimates. That's the future. The future is uncertain. But we know that the fiscal impulse this year is not going to be as great as it was last year. We know that there are wage-based inflation pressures that are impacting profit margins. Um, and we know that interest rates are going to be rising. And so uh, I think one of the risks we run right now is, is the potential that you see 2022 earnings estimates get reduced. The analysts have not, you know, picked up on that yet, um, but we could see those estimates come down. And, and as you do, then therefore you don't have a PE multiple that's looking quite as attractive as it is to today. So that's why investors really do need to be more discriminating and uh, and ask some more serious questions about just how much willing, how much they're willing to pay for every dollar of earnings because uh, it's a moving target this year, and there's more, I think, downside risk in terms of the earnings growth estimates at this juncture than there is upside risk. Interesting stuff. Um, I'm almost speechless as far as where I want to go with this, and we've got less than a minute and a half. Um, anything that you want to add at this point in time to wrap us up quickly? Um, yeah, just kind of one of those big picture thoughts, right? Um, okay. I'm always thinking about something that I'm going to write about for the big picture column, if not in the current week, but in weeks ahead as they do more research. You know, I'm keeping a close eye on, on Starbucks. Uh, not so much I don't do individual company analysis, but more the idea of what's going on with the move, potential move toward unionization amongst its employees. And it makes me wonder if we might see more of a, um, a, a drive to unionize this year amongst other employees at other companies that could feed into wage-based inflation pressures. Um, so just a topic that start probing into and keeping a close watch on as we uh, consider the interest rate outlook for 2022. Thanks very much. Sorry, I'm a little <laughs> speechless today. It's just caught up in earnings season and I'm kind of feeling a tough way to figure out what the road signs are telling me, but you're helping. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news that you can use. I use it midday, late day, early morning, you name it, I'm there. It gives me a good filter to start queuing in on what I want to see as far as the day action goes. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find briefing online at briefing.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Sometimes this gets overwhelming during earning season as your head starts going about a million different ways. Peacock is banking on the Olympics for some much needed streaming juice. Winter Olympics Games begin this Friday in Beijing, and so does the once-in-every-four-year tradition of people pretending to know what the Nordic combined is. I still don't understand it. It involves cross-country shooting, and I don't get it. <laughs> Since 2020, 2020, analysts have plucked away at Peacock's feathers for the company's or the service's slow growth. Peacock just ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. Now, again, this is where I get a little bit too personal and say I've had downward slope interest in Olympic gradings. They've been lost on me. Um, 2020 Tokyo Olympics weren't held in 2020. They were held in 2021. Bottom fell out. Summer Games drew the smallest audience for NBC since 1988, a 42% drop from 2016. This is not good. The numbers are not doing the right thing here, in my opinion. It's interesting that some Olympic Games get started yesterday. 
and yet opening ceremony is not till Friday. I don't get it. Just not all that interested. How about you? Liquid. Yeah. Now that I'm done with that story, <laughs> I, I can stick with it for another second or two. Uh, just not that excited. I'm not all Brian Boitanoed up. So, but good for you if you are. It's really interesting because I have kids and I so badly wanted to be the dad that watched the Olympics with my kids. They just don't care. They just don't care. Um, Move it on. Liquid nitrogen. There is a new coffee that is blowing people's mind. Tying in liquid nitrogen freezing coffee. You melt the co-meter in a mug of hot water to experience coffee that's just as good as a $10 pour over at your favorite cafe. It's ready in 30 seconds. Working with the best roasters in the world, the result is a frozen puck of coffee that, unlike your average coffee pod, hasn't dried out and lost its flavor. There's new ways of making coffee. Who would have known, right? 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. Tomorrow in the six o'clock hour, I'm going to be going over some of your emails and putting together some strategy of the week. I'm tinkering with content. Anything that you want me to put together, let me know because that's what I enjoy is doing this for you. Kim Kardashian's underwear pants company. That's a funny thing to say out loud. Skims. Brought in a funding round of about $240 million, doubling the company's worth to $1.2 billion. That's quite an amount of money for pants that make your spillover a little bit tighter in your waist. Is that the right way of saying it? I don't know. Don't want to piss too many people off. Not today, I don't. Um, A Super Bowl ad. In 2000, there was a company called EDS. It was an IT company. It's now defunct. It bought a Super Bowl ad that the President of the United States commented on. It was a cat herder and how IT services and companies like EDS come and fix your your problems with computers. Bill Clinton thought it was really cute and talked about it. That was at a time before celebrities or presidents or anything commented on commercials um it was a surreal moment this year i think we've also kind of lost that super bowl magic because the commercials come off so fast and you know they're probably already all done and probably in being previewed this week right so you don't have to watch the big game to get the creative commercials and again that's a little bit on a oversell there right at&t spun off warner media or is in the process of spinning off warner media what a disaster it's going to be a $43 billion transaction. Someone needs to get fired. AT&T acquired Warner Media a few years ago for $85 billion, and they're going to spin it off for $43 billion. Mm-hmm. You think you've overpaid for some things in your life. HBO Max is clearly a big X factor for Warner Media. Warner and Discovery's catalogs, are they big enough to keep the streaming giant afloat or do they have to go with a free model or commercial subsidized model? Um, 74 million subscribers for Warner Media's HBO Max services. 
but Netflix's stands at 222 million, Disney stands at 118 million. Elsewhere in the world of news today, um, some of the shocking numbers that are out there. In 2020, global venture funding hit $294 billion. It was a big jump up from 2019. So global venture funding is implied the idea of, hey, I have an idea for a new way of making commercials. I have an idea of a new way of tracking cookies. I have an idea for a new way of financial technology. I got this new idea for hotel services that look like Airbnb. And then you get some rich billionaires say, oh, I'll throw it in a million. Count me in on a million. So the venture funding, the rich giving to the good ideas. 294 billion in the year 2020. Last year in 2021, they pulled in $621 billion. It's an increase of 111%. This is the number one reason the stock market needs to take a hit because we have too much money chasing too many ideas that may or may not ever be profitable, but they've created, they've sucked money in from the public. Too many ideas, some of them have to fail. Does it happen today or does it happen over the next two years? I don't know, but that's the idea. Too much money. Some of it needs to be punished. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.